0: Good morning, and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. Our service times are Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. God bless you, and we hope you enjoy the sermon. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament says, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right. early. I don't understand what I'm about to tell you, but I know that when people gather together in his name with sincere hearts, desiring to worship the Lord, there is a spiritual river that flows that makes the heart glad. And we become keenly aware. That God is in the house. Amen. And that's exciting. And that's the way I feel this morning. Now, let me share with you. We have had a little bit of a problem. Some of our air conditioner units have gone down. And we have already ordered some more. (laughs) And so I've seen some people fanning today. Next Sunday. Will will they be in by next Sunday? They'll be in next Sunday. Next (laughs) Sunday, bring your coat. We're going to make it cold in here. And we've cranked all the units that we've got down, so it, it may get a little chilly. But anyway, uh, just bear with us. God bless you. We're going to have a great day today. Right now, Dr. Bill Jenkins is going to come and bring the message today. Brother, we love you. We're praying love for you. you. May the Lord use you greatly.
1: Amen. Thank you. What an awesome thing to be at the River of Life god bless you we have had the privilege of being in other places and can i tell you there's no place like this place would you pray with me this morning heavenly father thank you for this privilege thank you for the honor that brother henry brother chuck and this staff has bestowed upon us and inviting us to build this pulpit this morning but of a truth lord there's nothing about us that's worth mentioning. Anything that would happen here today would have to happen because of the Holy Spirit of God. And Father God, I pray, touch every pew, touch every life. There may very well be those here this morning who need new life in Jesus Christ. And Father God, there may be many. Well, Father, we just need to get back to where you are. We didn't mean to leave, and God, we don't know how we got to where we are, but God, if you'd just speak to our heart, if your Holy Spirit would just lead and guide us back to that cross, oh, that empty tomb, that promise of that glorious day, Father, touch us this morning, let your Holy Spirit have its full sway. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, how many of you got a Bible with you this morning? Shake it at the devil. That'll make him mad. Amen. And those of you that don't, well, you turn yours on at this time, okay? We're going to be looking at Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter, Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter. And while you're turning over there, uh, let me just say this. I heard years ago that uh, if you had a rooster and he wouldn't crow in his own hen house, you ought to take and make chicken and dumplings out of him. So I want to do a little crowing. We are on the uh, Facebook and YouTube every day. Uh, You can watch it anytime during the day. It's a 10-minute devotional, and God has been blessing that. Last month, we had over 1,500 hearers, and uh, we just thank God for the privilege. Please join us. Just simply go to YouTube or Facebook, type in Bill Jenkins. It'll come up, and uh, if you're on Twitter, we're even on Twitter. Amen. I'm not wise enough to get on Instagram yet, but uh, I'm working on that. Amen. Now, you found Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter, haven't you? I want to begin reading up in verse number 11. And the Bible says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. Can I say to you that any man that has two sons is a blessed man? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of good that falleth unto me. And he divided unto them his living And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself. And can I just stop right here and say that there is an insanity in sin. What you're seeing going on in our country today. These mass murders, these shootings. They're committed by people who are not thinking Right. The Word of God says when you yield yourself to constant sending, that God gives you over to do those things which are not convenient. And we're seeing that in America. The Bible says that he came to himself. It literally means he started thinking right again. And he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough in despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto my father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Verse 20. And he arose and he came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto the father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to the servants, bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Put shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. It was a good day in the house for everybody, but the fatted calf. And let us eat and be merry, for this my son is dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to make merry. Now, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. In fact, most people have heard the story of the prodigal son. However, this morning I want to take just a little bit deeper look, if we can, and discover something that we might have missed. Jesus is not only talking about these two sons, he's also talking about the Father. And I believe in Luke chapter number 15 that there is an illustration and a type of our heavenly father that is presented unto us. And this relationship of God being father and we being his children is one that has been given much scripture in your Bible. Let me share a few of those with you this morning. Psalm 68 and verse number 5. The Bible says a father of the fatherless. A judge of widows is God in his holy habitation. Matthew chapter six, verse number nine. The Bible says a father of the fatherless, a judge of widows, a God, excuse me, uh, Matthew six, nine. He says, and when you pray, pray thusly, our father which art in heaven. Then Hebrews chapter 12, verse number seven. The Bible said, if you endure chastisement, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Isaiah 64 and verse number eight. But now, O Lord, Thou art our Father. Somebody say amen. Amen. We are the clay. Thou art the potter. We are all the work of Thy hands. Romans chapter 8, verse number 15. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. These are just a few of the many verses in your Bible that deal with the relationship that God is Father and we're the children. All right now, help me. It only works when God is the authoritative figure. The children don't get to tell daddy what to do. Hello? As you study the New Testament, John chapter 1, verse number 18, the word of God says, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten of the Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So when Jesus was here upon this earth, he declared unto us what God was like. And I believe he did it in two different ways. First and foremost, he did it by demonstration. The things that Jesus did showed us the power and the authority of God. When he spoke to the wind and the waves and they laid down like whipped pups, that was the authority and power of God. When he came to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. And old Lazarus, come out of that tomb, hopping like an Easter bunny, all wrapped up in in grave clothes. Hey, that was the authority and power of God. It was so manifested in his life that when Philip asked him in John, the 14th chapter, show us the Father... Jesus said, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. The works that he did declared the power and the glory of an almighty God. But not only by demonstration, I believe he also declared unto us the Father. And he did so with words. He told us what God the Father was like. And I believe the real meaning of the story that we have before us this morning is that Jesus is telling us this father in Luke chapter number 15, that's what your father is like. The Bible tells us that God is acquainted with us. That, that 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 when we look through this scripture, we begin to see that God knows us. In fact, John 2.25, the word of God says, speaking of Lord Jesus Christ, he needs nothing. Any would testify of man because he knows what's in man. He knows you this morning. He knows every step you've taken this last week. In fact, <laughs> he says he even knows the number of hairs on your head. Now, for some of us, that's not a big deal. But there are others. Praise the Lord. Amen. He is acquainted with us. But dear friend, I want you to know something. Not only is he acquainted with us, we're acquainted with him. We get to see what God's like. When we read this precious word, we begin to see the glory, the majesty, the power, the authority of our God who is beyond all gods. Besides him, there is no other. He is the creator of all that was ever created. He is the sustainer of all that is being going on today. He's God. i got a heart doctor in Tallahassee dying right now. I want to begin this morning by saying this, our God is a God who is acquainted with the request of his children. Your Bible says, verse number 12, the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that falls unto me. And he divided unto him his living. Now having raised two children to adulthood, I want to say with all clarity, all authority, That that was not the last time a child ever came to his daddy and said, give me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Psalms 127, verse number 3. The Bible says that children are a gift from the Lord. It's that gift that keeps on costing. Amen. (laughs) Somebody said the definition of a father. It's one who'll spend a thousand dollars to see his daughter married just so he can read in the newspaper the next day that he gave the bride away. Mm. My children never had a qualm about coming to Daddy and said, Daddy, this is what I need. So, how come we have a problem with that? What is it that you need this morning? You and you alone are carrying that burden. Why are you doing that? Come to the Father. He's got everything you need. In fact, he invites you, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7, the Bible says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good gifts to good things to them that ask him? Luke chapter 11, verse number 9. I say unto you, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. James chapter 4, verse number 2. You have not what? Because you ask not. Matthew or Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you shall receive them and you shall have them. What do you need this morning? What do you need this morning? Do you need wisdom? you got to make some decisions. you got listen. James chapter 1 verse number 5. Any of you lack wisdom? Ask of the Lord. He gives to all men. What? Liberally. That word literally means cup running over. What do you, what do you need this morning? you will a preacher. I need healing in my body. James chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. The prayer of faith will save the sick. What do you need this morning? And preacher, if you only knew the bills that I had in the finance. Listen. <laughs> My Bible says our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And if need be, he'll take some to the sale for you. (laughs) Amen. We've got to come to a place where we're back before God again, presenting our needs to the Lord. He's our heavenly father. He's our mighty father. And he is familiar with the request of his children. One of the things I love about this church is that we come to this altar And we can bring our cares this morning. And and some might say, well, preacher, I can just pray anything, pray anywhere. I want to tell you, there's something special about bowing at this altar. There's something special about coming before God and prostrating and humbling yourself. And saying, God, I can't do it. I resign to the fact that I don't have what I need to get it done. But God, I know you've got it. I know you can do it. And God, if it'll be within your keeping will, God, please do it. And we bow before him. And the word of God said he's acquainted with our requests. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 8. The Bible says, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Oh, I'm glad I serve a God like that. Amen. Now, there was a time or two I went to my daddy and uh, I asked for a certain thing. And my daddy gave me something I didn't want at all. But he knew I needed it. Hello, he's trying to, he's, he's working sometimes when God's working on us, it don't feel like we're getting exactly what we desired. Oh, but he knows the way that I take. (laughs) And when I'm tried, I shall come forth as gold. Well, not only is he familiar with our request, can I say to you this morning, he's familiar with our rebellion. The Word of God says, verse number 13, And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, he took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. The bright lights of the far country began to call out to him. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes are not new. They have been wooing God's children away from God since day one. Your Bible says, Proverbs 22, 15, rebellion. Is bound in the heart of a child. The father was good to both sons. As long as he was at the father's house, all of his needs were met by the father. What more could he have wanted? And yet, the temptation of what I might be missing, what I might have missed, is a well worn tool of the devil. I don't understand. And you, maybe some of y'all that's got this great theological witness, w- wisdom, you can help me. I don't know why people leave church. I, I'm, I'm serious. This is it, isn't it? This is the highlight of my life. I, this is the fellowship that I enjoy. And I've never known anybody who left the fellowship and went into the world that didn't reap the heartaches of the world stay in the father's house amen why would he leave why in the world would he take all that he'd been given and leave he's literally telling his daddy daddy i just wish you was dead daddy if you were out of the way i could do anything i wanted to wouldn't nobody say anything about it
0: god i want to have my way
1: years ago <laughs> i tell you how long ago this was There was a day and time in this country where not everybody wore seatbelts. And if you're my age, you probably had the wonderful privilege of holding your son in your lap as you drove down the highway. I can remember very distinctly my son sitting there in my lap, and we're driving down the highway. And he's looking over at Mama. He said, Mama, look at me. I'm driving. Of course, I had both hands firmly fixed to the wheel. It wasn't very long. You know, we, we went on a while like that. And then one day I noticed that he was pushing my hand off the steering wheel. <laughs> and so I just had it with one hand. And he's looking over at my, Mama! I got it! I'm driving, Mama! I'm driving! And then after a little while, he wanted to push this hand off. So that now he was in full control, and you know what he did? He looked over at Mama.
0: I'm driving! I'm driving!
1: And I grabbed the wheel right before we ran into the ditch. <laughs> You're the same way. Yes, sir. I'm the same way. Our heavenly Father's in full control, and we want to say, "Hey, let me drive." One. God, I'll make this decision. God, I, l- listen, God, I know that th- what you've done has worked in the past, but I got something I want to try. And rebellion is bound in the heart. He is a father who is familiar with our request. He is a father who is familiar with our rebellions. I'll hurry on to say this. He is the fa- father who is familiar with our ruin. Your Bible says, verse number 14, "And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed his wife. Verse 14 says that when he had spent all, can I say to you this morning that there is a limit, child of God? There's a limit. On how far you can go, there's a limit on how much you can spend. Satan always promises uh, promises that are unfulfilled. He pays off in fools' goals and pays pearls. He promises wealth and success, but he's a liar. He leads to failure. He leads to tragedy. The once big spender is now with the hogs, and the party's ended. And all that he has, all that he had, is gone. Years ago, someone wrote this. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. And sin always costs you more than what you want to pay. He lost Because of his rebellion, because of his sin, he was divided from his family. He was suffering the degradation, the defilement, the deterioration of a wasted life. He looks a lot and his lot is a hog lot. Because of sin, he has come to this end. But he came to himself. And in coming to himself, he remembered the father's kindness. I, don't, I can't, can't only imagine in my mind, that picture, he's there with those pigs all around him, and he's looking at that slop. Did you ever have the privilege of raising hogs? I was raised in North Mississippi, I know you probably didn't, un, couldn't tell that, but We lived at the end of the bus route. That means that the bus turned around in our driveway before it started back picking up everybody. We were the last ones to get off. We were the first ones to get on up until I was in the fifth grade. And my daddy, he fed us from what we grew in the garden and from the pigs. And we had several pigs. I can remember very distinctly laying in bed on a cold January North Mississippi morning hearing my mother screech. Boys! Those hogs are out again. (laughs) We would get up and me and my brother Hal, two years younger than I am, and we would run out there and we would do everything we could to hem them hogs up and get, I don't know if you know this about hogs, but hogs have something on their belly. It it looks like black jelly. Nasty. They've been wallowing around in it. And and sometimes you have to get the hog, you have to grab him to get him back in the pen. And you get that on you. You don't get that off. <laughs> Mama's lye soap will not take that smell away. And so you change clothes and and you get on the bus, and, and the other kids start getting on the bus. <laughs> Bill, did the hogs get out again this morning? With all that he had, with all the quality of his raising, with all of the the benefits of a father's long life worked hard, he now finds his congregation in a hog lot. But he came to himself. Romans chapter 2, verse number 4, the Bible says, The goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. And he began to think about daddy. <laughs> he began to realize that even the servants in daddy's house got it better than what I've got it. And so the word of God says in verse number 18, he repents. He cries out to heaven and says, I have You know what your need is today more than anything else? Just to be honest with God. Yeah. Don't look around at somebody else and say, but I'm so much better than they are. You've not been asked to walk their trail. God, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10, has already laid out a path for your life. And if you're not in that path, if you're not working for the glory of God in that path, he has already ordained for you. Dear friend, you need to cry out in total honesty and utmost humility. God, I've sinned. I've left you. I'm not where you want me to be. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. God, I've
0: sinned.
1: And then the word of God says in verse number 19, he declares his self-worth. I'm nothing. Isn't it good when we see ourselves like we really are? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like being around my wife. She's the greatest thing since sliced bread. She's constantly telling me how much better I preach than Brother Henry and others. <laughs> I- Now, you don't really believe that, do you? Okay. She, she, she says, I love you, Bill, but, you know, Brother Henry's a great preacher. <laughs> I need those times. I need those times in the hog lot when it's just me and God, nobody else. And with self-examination, I see myself as God sees me. Oh, people lie to us. They tell us how much we're worth and, and how good we are and how great we are. The truth of the matter is, when God called you, he didn't have anything to work with. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. And dear friend, only in him. Do we find life? Only in Him do we find the meaning of life. Only in Him do we find any worth at all. The Father, He is acquainted with our request. He's acquainted with our ruin. He's acquainted with our rebellions. And lastly, this morning, He's acquainted with our return. Verse number 20, the Bible says he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion on him and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. I was reading a commentary one time in the office and I had a secretary's office just outside my office. And in this commentary, this writer made the statement. He said that there was the possibility that the father... Just happened to be looking out the window at the right time. It made me so mad. I slammed the book together, threw it across the room. It hit the wall. The secretary came in. What
0: is going on?
1: I said, take that book and burn it. Because that's not what I see at all. I see a father that is yearning and longing for his son. He is watching. He is waiting almost with bated breath, hoping that this will be the day. This will be the hour. This might be the minute that my son would come back. Oh, by the way, he's still waiting today. He's still crying out for his children to come back. Even today, Luke fifteen seven, the word of God says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner. Over just one sinner that repenteth. More than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Again in verse number 10 he says. Likewise I say unto you. There is joy in the presence of angels of God. Over one sinner that repenteth. He came to himself. And coming to himself, he cries out in repentance and comes to the place of self-worth and says, I know, but I need to get back to where I once was. And you can see him crawling out of that hog lot. You can see him with no shoes and the stench of the hog lot all over him. You can see him in his tattered rags as he comes to the father's house. But there is a daddy. And daddy sees his son coming and the word of God says when he saw his boy, he went out there. I can see the hinges come flying off the door. I can see him as he busts through that door, running down that highway, coming. And when his son is there, his son's confessing. He's making it right. Oh, daddy ain't hearing nothing. Daddy loved up on that door. Oh my Woo! My I'm glad that when I come running, he's ready. His arms are open. He said, coming to me, all oh, you that labor and they're heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Woo! He's a great God. And he welcomes his children. The return brought compassion. You may not have got this, but I want to give it to you this morning. That son deserved to die. Deuteronomy chapter 20 verses 20 and 21, it was required of the elders when they had a son that was rebellious in their community, that they would take that son to the city gate and they'd have a rock party and they would stone that boy to death as an example to other boys. You don't do this. They didn't have a whole lot of rebellious children back then. Here's the picture. The daddy knows the law. The daddy knows that his son deserves stoning. He deserves to die. And so the daddy, whew, he yeah. goes running. His son, is you can see him, he's a servant in that servant mode. He's down on his knees. He's, daddy, I'm not worthy to be here. I'm not, I'm not a son anymore. Just make me a servant. But his daddy throws his arms around this boy. And begins to kiss him on the neck and you know what he's telling the world go ahead and throw your stones if you want to they're not going to hit my boy they might bounce off of me once or twice but they're not going to hit my boy oh our return brings the compassion of the father but more than that our return brings restoration verse number 22 the word of god says that the father told the servants <laughs> Bring, bring his robe. Bring the best robe. Why is it the best robe? It's the one provided by the father. Bring a ring. What does that mean? That means he can do authority. He can do business in the name of the father. He's got the family ring on. Bring shoes. Put them on his feet. What does that mean? That means that he's not a servant. This is my boy. His return brought compassion. His return brought restoration. His return brought rejoicing. Verse number 23. He said, let us be married. His return brought refreshment. The father said, "Kill the fatted calf and let us eat." Isn't it time? Isn't it time to come back to the father? His arms are open wide. You say, "Well, preacher, I'm not in no hog pen yet." May I say to you that you don't have to get all the way to the hog pen before you come back. You don't have to spend it all before you come back. And if you are in a hog pen today, let me just tell you, a hog pen's a hog pen. Regardless of how many hogs are in it. All your friends may be saying, hey, this is okay. I want to tell you, it's not okay. God has called you into something better than that. God has gifted you for something better than that. God has anointed you for something better than that. God wants to bless you for something that's better than that. God has got a blessing for you, but you'll not get it living in a hog pit. you got to come back to daddy. you got to come back to the father. you got to come back to the compassion, the rejoicing, the refreshment of being in the presence of the holy God. It may be. That you hear this morning, <laughs> that heart doctor may have been right. <laughs> Maybe you haven't spent it all yet. Why don't you turn around and come back. The return is contingent, don't miss this, on a relationship. You cannot come back to the daddy if he is not your daddy. As you read this chapter, you see this boy. He was the demanding son. He was the unthankful son. He was the departing son. He was the ruined son. He was the defiled son. He was the defamed son. He was the returning son. He was the repentant son. He was the rejoicing son. He was the restored son. But he was always the son. He knew who his daddy was. Yeah. Can I ask you this morning? Do you know who your daddy is? Unequivocally, without question, without any shadow of doubt, can you say beyond any, any question, I know I'm a child of God. If you're here this morning and you say, preacher, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I had a fellow tell me recently, I was starting to talk to him about the Lord, and uh, I said, do you know you're saved? He said, oh, you're one of those who think you can know you're saved. I said, no, sir, I'm one of those that know that you know you can be saved. Amen. First John chapter 5, this is what your Bible said. These things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you may know you're saved do you know you're saved this morning preacher I I just I, I'm not sure in just a few moments Pastor Henry, myself Brother Chuck and others Brother Al we will be here at the front come to any one of us and say preacher I'm not sure that I know I'm saved I'll tell you what's going to happen We will take this book, the Bible, and we will show you what this book says you've got to do in order to be saved. Not what some church says, not what some denomination says, not what some bald-headed fat preacher says. What this book says a man or woman has to do in order to be saved.